So welcome to the brave. Um, you made it, so that means you're either really brave, got really good snow tires, or live really close. But either way, so glad that you guys made it. <laughs> Bernie's up front going, all three, yeah. Way to go. So uh, this time of year is often called the holidays as we, we, we get in this Christmas season um, and a few other holidays in and around it. And I got thinking about this Christmas season and how much fun it is and the things that we think about. And for many of us, it means lots of gatherings with people, friends, food, food lots of food, probably too much food. That's part of the problem for a lot of us. It's like, all right, there's Thanksgiving and Christmas and we overeat at both of them. And, uh, but, but there's lots of different fun things that go on around this time of year as we're supposed to be remembering and celebrating God's love and what he poured out for us and what he gave for us. And as I got thinking about this, this love, this time of year has actually become the number one time for people to declare their love. Um, I, I did a little bit of research because I felt like everybody gets engaged this time of year. So I'm like, all right, is it just me? Um, and so I looked it up and discovered, no, there's actually an official season called engagement season that we have now entered. Um, if any of you guys scroll Facebook, you may see it frequently. As you get down there, you're like, someone got engaged, another one got engaged, another one got engaged. Um, and as I got looking at this, I discovered that they call it from Thanksgiving through Valentine's Day. But during December, twice as many people get engaged as any other time of the year. I guess February, it's not quite twice, but all the rest, it's at least twice as many people get engaged, declare their love for one another this time of year. And I got thinking about proposals because proposing is a big deal. Uh, it's expensive. Um, girls are expensive. And so you, you go through this and you're like, all right, I'm going to buy this ring. And, and I, I watched a bunch of videos of these guys getting ready to propose. And so many of them are so, so nervous. And I watched a bunch of these videos of proposals. There was one of them that I just had to share with you. So um, check out the screen as we have a video clip of a proposal for you. Hi. Um, hello. Uh, sorry to stop your shopping and, and your evening. Hello. Uh, I just have a very special message for a very special girl. This is where we met three months ago. This is where we first saw each other and this is where I fell in love with you. And, and you're my absolute John and you had me that day at hello when you said hello to me. I mean, after I said hello, anyway, you're my John, you're my sweetie pie, you're my cutie pie, you're my absolute John. And, um, anyway, keep going. Um, uh, you, Janu, you're my sweetie pie, you're my cutie pie, you're my shonu, you're my everything. And, and I, I know you find this cheesy, but, but I want everyone to know you make me really happy. And I have a little poem for you, and I'd like everyone to hear this. When you smile, the whole world stops and stares for a while. And my heart ceases to beat. And there's nothing else that I seek except you. And I just have one question for you. No, 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 I need to, please, I need to, I need to. You truly make me the happiest person on earth.
Are you okay? I really thought it was feet. Okay. Some of you guys are like, my heart just breaks for him. And some of the others of us just laughed. Right? But, but this video made a very, very important point. Just because you propose does not mean they have to say yes. And that's one of the parts that makes so many people so nervous. And I, I remember being so excited. In December of 2008, I was going to propose. And I remember, like, I took, I took a day off of work to go find the spot and to plan things out. Because I was going to do this. I was going to do it well. And so on my wife's list of things that she wanted to do someday, she wanted to go winter kayaking. So I'm like, all right, we're going to... I'm going to see if I can hit two birds with one stone. We're going to set this up. So my brother and I went and borrowed some kayaks from somebody. We went kayaking down the flat river, looking for a spot, and we found this little shack. Can you put up the picture of the little shack? While we were going, I'm like, okay, we're shooting down the river. I'm like, this is awesome. So we're going to put it in over here, and I want to see if I can propose at this shack, get this thing all set up. But I had no idea who owned it. So we went driving around, knocking on every door within like a mile until we found the person who owned the land with the shack. Got permission, went and bought a bunch of blue Christmas lights, wrapped up this thing with Christmas lights, borrowed a battery uh, that had like a little plug on it, and then a little remote so that I could turn it on and make it come alive out there. And I got this all planned out. I'm like, okay, so Friday is date day, and we are going to go, and we're going to do this, and it's going to be awesome. And I got my, my mom set up to, to show up and drop off some stuff inside the little shack while we're coming at it. And then Thursday night, it dropped a foot of snow. We had a blizzard. I'm like, nothing will stop me. I will propose. And so I'm like, all right, we're going to make this happen. My car's all will drive. I got it stuck in my parents' driveway. I'm like, no worries. I will shovel it out. I have plans. And so we, we, we head out there and we get out there and my parents are supposed to be setting some of this stuff up, and I keep getting phone calls from them, and they're lost. I'm like, I can't give you directions to where we are while she's in the car with me, and, and you're trying to, like, keep this thing a secret, and you're like, all right. So my, my backup plan, after we discovered that a foot of snow was going to make it really hard to get in and out of the river, I was like, we're going to go snowshoeing. She wants to snowshoe. Let's go snowshoeing. So I went and borrowed snowshoes, and so we're going to go snowshoe through this, this forest, and then we're going to show up at this shack. It's going to be all wrapped with blue Christmas lights and have this stuff inside. And, and I am so excited. And then I get like this phone call that mom forgot the battery that's supposed to light up the lights. I'm like, all right, well, life will go on. But, you know, we're, we're going to be there. We're hiking through, and we're having a beautiful hike. And then I get another phone call saying, I forgot the package. You forgot the package? Like, you already told me you forgot that. No, I forgot the package. She forgot the ring. Like, I had the ring, and I thought, this would be fun. If I, if I just show up with this dink little box, she's going to know what it is. But, so I, I took that box, and I stuck it in a bigger box, and I wrapped it. And then I stuck that box in another bigger box and wrapped it. I think I did that nine times. So there's, like, this whole stack of boxes that are all wrapped, and she forgot it. Like, duh. It's like, no worries. I got a plan. So she left me her ring inside of a matchbox um, inside the shack. And we go, we go hiking through, and we are we're hiking through this, and... We got lost in the dark a little bit and because we couldn't get there too quick because my parents got lost. And anyways, it was an adventure. And uh, our phones were in a glove that we got too hot to wear, so I was holding them along with both of our coats and tripped over a log in the dark and lost our phones somewhere in the, in the snow. Luckily, they were in a red glove, so it made it easier to find later. But um, we, we lost them, but we make it to this shack. And then once we get to the shack, can you put up the next picture? So this is what's set up for us 
inside the shack. Um, and so we, we've been hiking, and she shows up, and on the porch, instead of four, uh, 400 blue Christmas lights, there's one little candle. But I'm like, all right. There, there's light. We, we've got this, and we, we show up, and she's all excited. And I, and I got down on one knee, and I, I opened the mat, give her this little matchbox that's on the table there you can kind of see, and it has a little, like, silver bow tied around it. And she opens it up, but it's cold enough in there that her breath just puts out a white fog. She's like, what? <gasps> like, like, there was this long gap of, like, not knowing what was in the box because she was, um, her breath turned, turned white. And then I proposed, and she's too excited to listen to anything I said, but at the end, she, she gave me the words that I was looking for. Actually, instead of saying yes, she said absolutely. But, and then she commented, this ring looks a lot like your mother's. Like, it is. Your ring is back home. My mom forgot the ring. And then uh, my mom knocked on the door and asked if she could come in and take pictures because she was hiding somewhere in the woods. So mom came in, and this is us out there. Um, and then uh, just after I proposed, and the next day we came back to see if we could find our phones because we'd lost them somewhere in the red glove. And that's when we took this next picture, and that just shows the view out the other direction of the flat river where we were and it, was, it was just a beautiful spot, but I remember being so excited that, that I'm going to offer her all of me. I'm offering her me for life. I'm offering her a relationship. Yes, I'm giving her a symbol of it that was expensive, but I am offering her far more than this dink little ring. I'm offering her me, my name, to be part of my family and... Um, for, for life, and you're anticipating this little three-letter word in response. And as I, as I got thinking about this, I, I realized that one of the things that we're doing with, with what Christmas is, is God's pursuing you. See, the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, that behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and open the, opens the door, I will come to him and eat with him and he with me. He says, he's pursuing you and he's knocking. He's pursuing you and he says, I want a relationship with you. But wanting a relationship, even being willing and ready to pay an incredible price does not guarantee a relationship. A lot of times we sit here and we go, well, Jesus paid the highest price. John 3, 16, For God so loves the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we think, well, he paid the price. But him paying the price doesn't make it happen any more than me buying a ring made us married. Luckily, she, she was very excited to respond. She said, absolutely. But we watched the poor fellow in the video who... I think he put some money into a ring that did not do him any good um, because he did not get the response that he was looking for. But I, I was excited. Okay, when I say I was excited, I was literally running on the walls. Like, I think I picked up the ring on Thursday and I, I had hardly slept that night because I had nightmares that I got too excited and proposed in the car. Like, I have a plan. Stick to the plan. Do not bust it out of the glove compartment. Like, like I, I was just... So excited. And I remember Thursday, um, I think it was after access, she was busy talking to somebody else. I grabbed uh, one of the other guys. They were like, hey, come here, come here. I got to show you something. And like, I'm like running towards 
um, my car and I'm like, come around the corner down the hallway. And I literally just started running across the wall. I'm like, wee! I, just, I was so excited about what was, was, um, I was about to get to do. And I look and go, you know what? I don't think my excitement could even compare to God's excitement over this. When, when Jesus was going to be born, or when Jesus was born, in Luke chapter 2, he shows up and he's up there in heaven going, you know, everyone up here already knows. I got to tell somebody. I got to tell somebody. He shows up with some shepherds. He's like, hey, good tidings, good news. The Savior has been born. And he's just like, picture this like God's like, I just got to tell somebody. You go tell somebody. Go tell the shepherds. And then like a full-on choir of angels shows up as God's so excited to pursue us and to be in a relationship with us. And, and I look and I'm like, okay, so, so he wants to be in a relationship with us. And it's not just about us not going to hell. Because if it was just about not going to hell, there would have been a much simpler solution. Don't make you. If you never existed, you could never go to hell. If that was the only goal, you would not have been created. But he wants a relationship with us. When he appointed the disciples, it says he appointed 12, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him. And he might send them out to preach. And a lot of times it's easy, for, at least for me, to be like, oh, he sent them out, he, he appointed these guys because he had a mission for them. Because he needed them to do things and he needed them to spread the gospel. But he goes, before that, I needed them to be with me. I want a relationship with them. And then if we look at God's plan, if we go, God, what is, what's God's ultimate, complete plan? And you take your Bible and you flip to the, just about to the end there, Revelation chapter 21. And he sits here and he goes, uh, in verse 3 it says, And God, um, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eye. Death shall be no more. Neither should be, there should be mourning, crying, or pain. For the former things have passed away. But he starts this out going, God will be their God. He'll be with man. They will be with him. And, and just four times he sits here and states that there's going to be this relationship dynamic. He goes, I want to be with them. But him wanting to be with you is just the beginning because you have to respond. His offer, his proposal, the price that he paid only has any effect if you respond. It only has an effect if you say yes. And as we see here, you go, okay, have, have you responded? Have you responded to his proposal? And then you have to understand that the proposal the response to the proposal is the beginning of a journey, not the destination. A lot of times, I think both in marriage, but also in our relationship with God, we have this backwards. Where we think, she said yes, it's over. Like they, they, they get this like, I don't have to pursue anymore, but that's not the way it's supposed to be. And so often as Christians, we're like, I discovered that God loves me and that God wants a relationship with me and that God paid this great price for me. And, we, and we, we, we hear the Christmas story, we hear the Easter story, and we're like, this is awesome. And we hear that though we've sinned, God wants to forgive us and that he paid this price and that I can receive his forgiveness, be right with him and be on my way to heaven. And we're like, yes, I want that. All right, Romans 10, 13 says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So we call on God's name, but then we're like, okay, I'm done. 
But that's not how it's supposed to be. It's not, yes, I'll marry you, and then nothing else ever happens. That's, that's, that's backwards. I, I'm going to confess one of my wife's not-so-bright moments, but I had her for permission. I, I asked on this one. Um, so before we started dating, by a good bit, she was dating somebody who I will just say was less than ideal. Um, and, and this guy was, was, was not a good guy for her, and she eventually figured this out, but I think she realized it, but he wouldn't, he just kept pursuing, and she was not in the right state of mind to just go, go away. Um, and he proposed. And she said yes, but she didn't want to marry him. Which, why do you say yes when you don't want to marry him? I don't know. Girls, you may just have to practice this. Like, sometimes just look at me here and say, no. And like, and if, he, if, if, if someone asks and you don't like them, use the magic two-letter word, no. And it, it's great. But she didn't seem to know how to say no, but she didn't want to marry him. So she said yes. And they say, well, you're going to plan a wedding? She's like, mm, maybe later. Like, you're going to, like, book a place? No. They were engaged for almost a year, and she planned absolutely nothing. Because she didn't want to be in a relationship with him. And so it was just like this awkward... We're engaged. When are you going to be unengaged? When is it like, does this point is like, this is supposed to go to marriage? Well, I don't know. And, and, I, it, and eventually she, found, she, she realized, this is stupid. She's like, if, if this is unhealthy, I know I shouldn't be in a relationship with him, and if I'm not going to marry him, I shouldn't be engaged to him. And so she broke it off. And I thank the Lord. But um, this, this, reminds me of so many Christians who see here and go, God, yes, I want to be in a relationship with you. God, yes, I want what you have for me. And they say yes, and they respond at the end of a service, or when someone's having a conversation with them, they go, you know what, I know that I need this. And they say yes, and then they do absolutely nothing. They don't spend time with him in prayer. They don't spend time with him in the word. They don't live any different day to day, they don't let God affect any of their choices, and they're like, yeah, but I said a prayer. I said yes some long time ago at kids camp. And they're totally missing that this isn't, saying yes isn't the destination. It's the beginning of the world's greatest journey. He's inviting you into a relationship. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He sits here and he goes, you I, I'm away, not I am your escape route. I am your trap door at the end to get you out of hell. He goes, I am the way. Jesus says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He invites us on a journey with him. It is not just a single response. He says in, in Mark, that, um, that, that there are many, he says, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. That there's those that, that want what he has, but get distracted and leave it. That go, yes, yes, I'd love a relationship with you. That would be great. That would be great. But this over here is so cool. And they, they're living for this, and they have totally forgotten forgotten him. He goes, I want a relationship with you. I'm inviting you 
on the world's greatest journey, to be in relationship with me forever. And it's like the whole story of the Bible starts in Genesis where he starts going, I want a relationship with you. I'm going to put you in a garden and we're going to walk together. When after Adam and Eve sinned, it says that they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden and they hid themselves. Now, maybe it was a sound that you could never mistake. Like God walked, it was like, and like the whole earth shook, like, like, oh, shaking, he's coming. Like, but I don't think so. I don't know what it sounded like. I don't know if it was like as he walked, all of the birds and animals begin to, to praise him. I don't know if the, the leaves all show. Like, I don't know what the sound of God walking in the garden is. I don't know if it's the limbs as they move out of his way as he's kind of big. Like, I don't, I don't know what the sound is, but, but I know that Adam recognized the sound, which means he's heard the sound before. And I get this picture that... It comments on the time of the day, and almost like it was like, oh, this is the time for my appointment with God. This is the time, the daily time, where he comes to hang out with us. And I get this picture that God goes, from the beginning, I want to hang out with you, and I want a relationship with you. And then you see them, that they, they sinned, and that they messed it up. And then you see the, the story begin to unfold as God goes, you messed up this relationship that we had, but I'm going to fix it. What you broke, you can't fix, but I will. And you see him make a promise to them right there in Genesis chapter 3 that the seed of the woman would crush Satan's head. And he, he passes this, this promise on to Abraham and says that through his seed, the whole world would be blessed. And it goes through, and you see all through the Old Testament as he puts this, this people into a place for his son to come to fulfill the promise so that he could make right, that he could restore relationship. And we see this news spreading from um, through, through Acts and through the epistles, and we see the end and the, the fruition of this journey, of this promise in Revelation chapter 21, where he says, the purpose of all of this is relationship. And he goes, I'm inviting you into this, that you could know me, that you could walk with me. It is not enough to say, yes, you have to follow me. It's not enough to perform, I want a relationship, because so many get into this ditch where it's just, I said, yes, I'm going to do whatever I want. And others sit here and go, well, it's just all about my performance. This whole being a Christian is so I can perform. And he goes, no, it's, it's so that you can be with me. So you can be in a relationship with me. And out of the relationship will grow a performance, will grow a desire to please me and to live for me. But he goes, it's because I want a relationship with you. And as I begin to, to look and to go, all right, God has called us. He came to heal, to save, to set free, to restore. That Christianity isn't my earning anything. This is a relationship that he offered to me. I go, well, have we responded? And if I've responded, because it's not enough to know, it's not enough for him to offer, I have to respond. But after I've responded, what have I done with it? Am I living today in relationship with him? Or am I living today with a knowledge that he is? With a knowledge that he wanted a relationship with me? But have I, have I done anything with it? Can anyone see the difference in the way that I live? 
Because they're supposed to. In Romans 6, 4, it says, We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Because God wants to be part of our life today. He says that, that his love is supposed to fill us and overflow. And that's how people are supposed to see and recognize what he's done in us. That we're supposed to overflow with this. And I recognize that people that don't love Jesus as a whole don't drive through the middle of a blizzard in order to come hear about him. But I want to ask and I want to challenge. I want to give an opportunity for those who don't know Jesus tonight. Those who, who may have know a lot about Jesus but have never actually responded to his proposal. I want to give you an opportunity in just a minute. But I also want to challenge all of you who say, yeah, I said yes. I responded to his proposal. But to check yourself and go, what have I done? Am I living for him? Or am I living knowing about him? Am I in relationship? Is is my relationship with him affecting my life? I'm married. I love it. She said yes, and we followed it with a wedding. She was excited to marry me. Our engagement was seven weeks. She was ready to plan. She was ready to plan fast. And uh, and we 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 had um, we had a great wedding. It's awesome. And I, I when we got married, got engaged. I'm like, can you just plan the wedding for whenever you want, however you want, just please, inside of six months. And she just looked at me and said, six months? Gag me. Try six weeks. And that didn't work out, so it was seven weeks. But um, we got married, and that should affect me. It should affect how I relate to other people. It should affect how I relate to other girls. If it doesn't, we have a problem. But my relationship with God should affect me more than my relationship with my wife. Does it affect you? Can people see his love on you? Can they see his relationship, your relationship with him evident in how you treat others, how you treat people at work, how you treat people? And I want to challenge you to, to go, if not, to seek him and to start to let it. Because there's so much that comes with it. There's so much that God says, when I invite you into a relationship, it's not just, like, when, when, I got mar- when we got married, everything that I have became hers. When we step into a relationship with Jesus, he says, there is so much that is for you that I'm going to give you and make yours with it. I think we're going to talk about that next week, some of all that becomes available to us through relationship with him. When we step in Christ, when we become in Christ, there is so much that becomes available. But it first starts with, have I responded? And it's not enough just to say yes. Am I following him? Am I living in relationship with him?